Well, good evening and welcome to another episode of City Trends on 97.3 City FM. Boy, oh boy, what an incredibly disappointing Apple event that just happened a couple of minutes ago over in the US. But we'll get to that in just a bit. You're welcome to City Trends. My name is Philip Pashon and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. How can we help you? Yes, indeed. Today, we continue our conversations with Ghana's top tech leaders. And today, we happen to have one of the founders of SlidePay with us on the show. And he's going to be telling us about his journey, about the ups and downs, and about what it means to have a vision, wanting to run after it, especially when others don't necessarily agree with you or are in sync with you. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait for us to have a conversation with Derry Dean Dotsy. The show is live and interactive. Make sure you do so. And let's get to the show on the road. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. You are still tuned in to 97.3 City FM, and this is, of course, City Trends. Um, it's, it's one of those evenings where we sit down with some of the tech leaders in Ghana. You've heard from quite a number of, of them already, um, Regina Honu and um, um, Ato Uzunapia and a, a host of them, Ariam Teria. But today we are going to speak with a young man who started off in a very interesting style as a rapper and um, made, made his way into forming or putting together one of the biggest things to happen to the fintech space in Ghana, has gone on to do so much more, inspired so many people within the tech space in Ghana. And he continues to do so. He's not relenting in that effort at all. And um, he, he's a fancy which makes me even happier and um, it's, it's just such a pleasure to have um, Derry Dean Dadze join me on the show this evening. Derry, thank you so much for joining me on the show. And um, I, I, I had, I, I mean, when I was doing a bit of research and asking around um, before the interview, when I was told that you were a rapper in SS and that you're one of the best rappers for your house, I was, I was, <laughs> I was a little, I was a little surprised because Charlie, you really, <laughs> <laughs> what Derry Dean is a rapper like since when? <laughs> um, yeah, thank thank you very much, Kofi um, Ashon, and it's great to be on the show. Uh, so, on your preliminary findings, whoever gave you the information, I have to find that person. 
Yeah, but naturally, I have some love for music. Um, I love all kinds of music, and I like. Uh, I have I have some kind of leanings towards hip hop. Um, not so much what we call drill now, but real, you know, poetic metaphors where people actually rap and you can hear them and they're talking about something that you can relate to or telling a story um, through their poetry. So I, I, on that vibe, yes, I, 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 love, I love music. I love hip hop. And also on the personal side as well, I love choral music. I listen to a lot of choral music, Barry Kamar. Um, then there, there are a couple of composers, very young and quite middle-aged um, composers out there. I, 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 I love choral music, so I do a lot of um, choral stuff and sometimes do some composition of choral music. That's something that I don't really talk about, but I'm into choral music, I'm into hymns, I'm into all this old school stuff. You know, there are the things that that you, you kind of acquire based on where you're coming from. I come from a home um, where, in Takradi, where music was part of the whole um, style, the, 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 the evolution, the family system, you know, so a home of composers uh, and the likes, you know, so I'm very, I'm very inclined in the, in, 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 uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined when it comes to things about music, both hip-hop, high life, um, choral music, hymns, anything that makes compositional sense and that comes out as melodies or rhythms or uh, something that we can reflect with or dance with or, you know, kind of do connect with different aspects of life. With. I think that music gives us that kind of pathway. And I'm very, I, I'm somebody who really loves music. Plus other things. I mean, it's, it's, it's very obvious in terms of, you know, your journey through the tech space, your journey through, you know, your career and path as well, you know, that you bring a lot of finesse and a lot of, um, uh, yeah, a lot of finesse to the services that you have been a part of building and, and developing. And um, it's, it's very clear, you know, like, I mean, you talk about, for example, enjoying classic rap, the Jay-Z's and the Nazis right. of this world, I'm right. guessing. Right. And um, right. it's, it's very clear that some of these things have um, played, you know, a, a key part to who you are today. But like you said, you well, grew up um, in Takrade um, and, you, you know, you went to Ogasco, um yeah. and then onward to Ashesi University. T- tell us about tell us about that trajectory of yours, you know, coming from Tadi as you did, um, and what what eventually got you to dreaming about, you know, a life within the tech space and building and being a part of, you know, the early adopters and the early trailblazers within the tech space in Ghana. Right. I, I think that um from 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 a very young age, I've been somebody who would like to solve problems and not just solve problems, but solve problems to create history. Uh, and I've always believed, especially over some time, as I learned more about life, as I mingled more with people, I've always believed in what I call the nth dimension, that there is no 
limit on what is possible. So today, if we have Tard Road, and that's what we enjoy, what go, what is beyond Tard Road, right? So that is that is my philosophical um, inclination when it comes to making things happen. So I'm, I'm somebody who, who likes to do things and who likes to make things happen. And I, I, I kind of always want to pick the situation on number line. I try to go the direction where probably majority might not be looking, right? And which offers me some kind of push to either find out more because you, you always find yourself you have to if you're on the other side you always have to convince the other side to to put people on your side which means you have to do a lot of reading you have to be able to justify some of your philosophies and your thought right and that leads you to a lot of discoveries and for me these things kind of inform how i have evolved right my quest to be different um my quest to be able to solve problems my quest to not to break away with tradition and um, to be very non-fixated on the normal, right? Kind of informs how I have grown as an individual, especially coming from Takrade, where I enjoyed that experience so much. Then moving back to Accra to join my mom, you know, then going to high school to Augustine's College. Then from there, coming to Ashesi. Then from Ashesi, pursuing that, this whole entrepreneurial thing. I think that that journey itself has a lot of uh, landmarks and a lot of potholes as well. Uh, that's kind of shaped me, um, especially when I was in St. Augustine's College. I think that one of the places where I actually discovered who I really was was at St. Augustine's College because that was the first time that I was living apart from my immediate family, right? Uh, where you were alone, you're mingling with all kinds of people from other places where we had a school that had no walls and you need to kind of nurture your own discipline, even though there's some kind of Holy Spirit there that would naturally make you very disciplined, but you need to be able to conform and uh, you need to be able to stay within um, you know, um, expectation because you knowing high school is when the peer pressure, everything, everything is there, some right. So, you go through a certain journey, and if you are lucky to come out on skate, then of course, then you, you pursue the rest. But the journey after, for me, so that's where I discovered really me. I think this in Augustine's College was my discovery point because my thought of becoming an entrepreneur, and those who remember me in George's house will know that a lot of times. I'll be talking about setting up my own, having my own company. In very simplistic terms, you know, back in the day, having my own company was not something bougie. It was really having your own space to do your own thing. And, and at that moment, I think I was communicating more that at some point in my life, I would want to start early on the journey of doing it myself, as opposed to leaning on or relying on the laid out structures and expectations of either my mom or my immediate family or society right and i think that that's kind of that 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 place where i saw that in me was at augustine's college but as a child we, we used to do things a lot we were very industrious as children you know unlike children of today who who have a lot of free who are not who are free but yet are very enclosed we were 
we were not free, but we were very, we were left, you know, free grazing. You go out and you expect to come home at some time of the night or evening to come and shower and then eat some food. You know, those experiences informed a lot of things. I think that coming from Takrad also informs my creativity or informed my kind of has added to my creativity because I believe that people from that side of town, Tadi, are very creative. You can see that in the musical, the musicians that come from there, from Papa Yansin to Ambule to Kofi Kinata, to Castro, they always come with a whole new dimension. So the Tadi squad also have a dimensional reality that they present to the universe. Um, in every sphere that they find us, if it is music, if it is art, if it is culture, if it is technology, which I feel that represent that technology side. And I'm sure there are a lot of Tadi boys and, and females who are also in, within the technology sphere. So, you know, I, I think that I've been blessed to to find myself within that social cocktail of experiences, you know, across different divides from location that is in Takrade, from education that's in the Gaston's College, and Ashesi as well. So Ashesi was the structure. Ashesi is a place where you come from the rough, the, so the, the rough, you are rough, you know, you come with that aggressive, natural, raw reality. And Ashesi kind of gives you exposure, outside exposure within a local context. And that is where I think that the the extra bandwidth of knowing how to structure your vision, how to structure um, your ideas and how to sell it and how to position it. That aspect of it obviously was picked from Ashesi because that journey was a very structured journey. Patrick Ego has come down with a vision, has put in place a physical structure to make it happen. Has, and if you enter the physical structure, the culture has been kind of created to enable you walk in a certain way or in the in the certain right way. And with this, at the same time, giving you the mental laxity to be able to think freely and contribute. So for me, on that journey as well, a chassis was the chiseling part, is the carving part, the part that carves you, that refines you, that was a refinery, making sure that everything comes together. So from there, when you come out there, whatever comes out of you is of a certain quality, is of a certain standard. And I think that that is how I'm going to sum up my evolution. I mean, there's a lot that can be said, but that's how I'm going to sum up my evolution. And of course, I won't, I won't hide my, my, my mother, my aunties and everybody else, but I came from a very feminine, you know, background. But, and, and me being mm. one of the key, um, let's say, first generational men, because my grandma, you know, had more females, right? So my aunts, my cousins were all females. So from that um, grandmother angle, I was the first, first senior male. Right. So and fortunately for me, I also had some grandfathers who also had some very good life. So I was very lucky. You know, we were not affluent, but we had very good benchmarks. And that for me was a very powerful. You, you were in a good experience. space. Yes. You know, we had very good because my, my grandfather was a composer. He he composed mm-hmm. songs. Let me chip it in. He composed songs like you know, composed songs like so these are things that come from my family side. And I, I, I grew up seeing all these things, seeing pianos, seeing all this, but not from affluence, from a point of view of affluence, but from a point of view of enjoying life, making life happy, right? So that journey plus my family, my mother, who was a strong pillar, 
you know, my grandmother, who was the beginning, like my aunt, like I, I mean, I'm very lucky, you know, not from a point of view of money, but from a point of view of that social system that homes a human being right. to be somebody more right. purposeful for the impact driven. Right. Yeah. And 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 I'm guessing it is all all of that coming together, plus you know the structure, for example, that you talk about from Ashesi and you know the yeah. the ability and opportunity that you've been given from from the very beginning that puts right. you on on that path and made you quite a almost like a controversial figure because um you know some of the things that some of the ideas some of the paths that you've taken have not necessarily been the most um uh, the most convenient for most people but you still pursued it and you still pushed the envelope till we we got to this point where these things seem almost like second nature to us. T- tell me about yeah. what it was like um, facing, you know, some of that um, pushback in the initial stages of, especially when you're trying to build, you know, um, your your very first first company, which sort of has become more or less like the the benchmark for. Um, and sort of like the yeah the benchmark for what we see as um, the 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 revolution within the fintech space, which is which is Dream Over, because that Dream Over is 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 seen by quite a number of watchers in the industry as one of the biggest things to happen to sort of change the face of the fintech space in Ghana. Tell us about you know that that journey of of Dream Over and and where. How, how you feel about it now, sitting back and looking um, back at, you know, the, the journey that you've been on with Dreamover. Right. Um, so Dreamover was a whole new experience um, at the time. That was in 2007. But the, how do you call it, embarking on that journey started prior to 2007. And, and it also started within, from a collective point of view, started within the Ashatsi environment. But from an individual point of view, started before I entered Ashesi, right? And people who know me will know that from prior to Ashesi, I was very entrepreneurial, either at church or with my friends or something. But Ashesi is where this whole, like I said, structure of making things proper, you know, was. Because when I was in Ashesi, uh, myself, one of our Jumabal school founders, Claude, um, Patrick Quantzen, we we started a company. And we, we had a company called Outside the Box, right? And that company, one of the first things that we did was to su- support Miss Ghana in, in, in introducing um, online voting. So on one of the Miss Ghana's, where I forgot to warn, I think, I think uh, Let Me See or something like that won that Miss Ghana. Uh, it was being organized by Sparrow. I, I don't know whether it's Sparrow, but it was Shelley Free company. Right, and we approached her and then told her that we could let we could introduce a whole segment called a web queen. And the web queen meant that we built a website for her, put all the Miss Ghana girls there, people were going to vote, people voted for um, their most beautiful, like voted for whoever they thought was the web queen, right? And that was from that company called Outside the Box. And we're doing stuff. So we did that, we built a platform, we're building. Um, a platform called Ghana for Us, um, which was supposed to be some okay. classified platform. We actually did it. 
And there was this guy called Kalibuatin that we went through it. So back in the day, there was a guy called Kalibuatin. So these kind of stuff started a long time ago in the early 2000s, right? Um, and I mentioning names because these are people who might not be in the forefront, but they've contributed. They were not students at the time. Kali was not a student, but we contacted him. He helped out with designing the, uh, the web interfaces for some for GhanaForUs.com, which was supposed to be like a form of classifies and news at the time. That was 2004, there about, right? Um, so we did that as well. Um, then we used that to then do capacity training and um, organizing workshops. So started infiltrating um, the system, the Shesi culture with this whole entrepreneurial workshops and seminars and organizing and putting it together. So setting up a Shesi Entrepreneurship Council back in the day with people on board, like Yofi Grant, getting Kalikadia for back in the day. we So I'll go to Data Bank, go and talk to, we try and look for sponsorship. So these were things that, like that, putting entrepreneurship or putting your dynamism into practice. These things we learned them um, whilst we're in school. So being able to find out, stand in front of people and talk. We were doing that back in the day. So now, fast forward, we finish Ashesi and then uh, we started a company called, we started a company and then later on we called a company um, um, Dreamable. Um, it was, it was, it was not, looking back, I realized that what, what we did was not that straightforward. Uh, and, and now it's normal, right? But it was really, really tough. If I look at the pictures, if I look at the way I was looking, if I look at the kind of interface that we have, if I look at the presentation that we did, and I look at the trend today, I realize that, wow, God might, like, God had really been good. Like, he gave us something that I believe that was very rare at the time, right? And one of the key things during that period in 2007, where we started the whole dream about dynamic was how do you attract your first client, right? How do you attract people to believe in what you are doing? Because looking back, we were kids at the time, right. we were 22 years, 23 years at the time. And I'm looking at the same age mm-hmm. rate of today and very few have the same kind of, uh, like, um, let me put it out for once of a better, let's say ability to be able to right. reason and come up with kind of ideas and structures mm-hmm. and trying to put things together like that, right? right? And even amongst ourselves, amongst the four, amongst who, and, and, and Drew has a history. We had actually some three females part of us, but who dropped off along the way and then left with the four guys to pursue the journey, right? Um, so that initial journey was a journey of weight and great and a journey of on the fly kind of decisions that you, have, you need to take without having any kind of uh, reference point. So, for example, we wanted right. an office, you know, we and Drupal came out of a, a project that I don't want to go into, but we had, at, at a time, we had a class, one of our classes in, um, in Ashes University, um, discrete mathematics. One of the professors, Professor Anku of Blessed Memory, had made us solve a problem in society with maths, Right. And that problem was um, the traffic situations around the Labadi Road, from the Bemakan Labadi Road. There was massive traffic at the time, back in the day, from 3 p.m. way into the evening. So we figured out how do we solve it. And we, using, we said we could put an intelligent traffic light and not human beings standing there, you know. So, that's, so we did something like that in class. And after school, after we finished uni, that project 
was part of an incubator by the by then president Kufour that built an incubator at the Ghana House near High Street. And some of the class members were co-opted into that incubator to go and pursue that traffic light project. All right. Then I came in and then we say, you know what, uh, this incubator thing, let's move out and rather pursue our own individual class project. So from a collective class project of intelligent traffic light to thesis project, why don't we convert our thesis to business? So that's the whole where the over started from. Right. So wow. And then who were yeah. who were the who were the four guys who came together to start up Dream Over? So that was myself. So we're serving at a time with females, um, three females and four guys. I'll mention the females' names. Um, they're doing well right now. Um, Charles, so myself, Derry Dean, Claude Hatchful, Henry Thompson, and Charles Thompson Quao. Right. So who were the four guys that came with that, like, left with the Dream Mobile idea? So the company wasn't called Dream Mobile at first. Um, Dream Mobile was what came out of that incubator. When I joined, when I went to the, like, we wanted to get out of the incubator, I went in and I said, hey, guys, let's go and pursue, rather, our thesis project. So the slide that you see today was the thesis project of Claude Hatchful. That was his, thesis project was called iWallet. So that was his thesis. I did something in investment, you know, um, also similar online, trying to do online investment at the time. Henry did something around AI, intelligence traffic light. Charles was pursuing things around e-commerce. So that was, so that, that was it, right? So that, 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 that was how the journey started. And in, in trying to make sure that the team sticks together, because that's one of the most important things of entrepreneurship, especially if there's an entrepreneurship of mutual, you know, um, how do you call it, um, aspirations, where people, one or two or three people have come together to say mutually, want to work together to achieve something. One of the key things that you want to see is how would you hold yourself together? Before everything else, because if the, if the, if the room is not together, if the, if the people are not together, there's nothing you can do. It's, you, you get it. Even if, I think that's very biblical. If you can't, how can you be unless they can agree? How can you know people work together unless they can agree? So one of the key things that mm. we had to always do it is how do we ensure that at any point in time we maintain that level of harmony and unity that will enable us to pursue our goals, right? And right. one of the right. key things that we came up with at the time was not make money like that thing. Right. So we had very um, communistic kind of approach to what we did is um, everybody was the same kind of shareholding. We're all the same. It doesn't matter whether you brought this thing or you brought this, we're all the same. Right. And that even pushed us into this whole level of, um, we call it horizontal leadership, where we are all CEOs at the time. Right. For all of us, we are all CEOs and we took turns. To run a company. So every That's week or so, somebody was running the company, right? But we did that. <laughs> yeah, every, 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 every somebody was running the company. So, and, and that should um, tell you where we are coming from right now. Today, everything is so normal. You still have a company, you already know your CEO, the mindset of the people are okay with, you know, by back in the day, that's straightforward like that. Um, and every two weeks, every week or two, we have someone running the company. But we, we, did, we did that with some kind of measuring framework because we knew that over time, 
we might have to evolve faster into vertical leadership because horizontal leadership had its own drawbacks, which is scope, um, how do you call it, um, creeping. So scope creeping. You, you know you're good at something, but because we are the same, you come and try and tell me what I have to do, even right. though that is my job. So you're not giving me the right. chance to even evolve on my own terms regarding my role in the company. And we had those challenges, right? So at some point, we had to move quickly into horizontal leadership, a vertical leadership, where we need to we need to have somebody who is like the top guy, and then who then says something that is final. And this is a so that's a like a, a contract amongst among like not a paper contract, but that's some form of social contract where you have to amongst all of us, we have to choose a leader, right? So um, how, how difficult. Yeah. How difficult was that transition? Because, I mean, within um, among four guys who are yeah. coming from a certain style of leadership that they've built over a period, obviously, right. you know, you would expect some level of friction, potentially. Yeah. How how did you guys manage that switch, you know, from horizontal to vertical to understand at a point that someone is supposed to be the CEO, someone is supposed to be the CFO, these are the responsibilities of this person and that person. How were you able to manage that transition effectively? Uh, yeah. So uh, it's, 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 I would say it was, um, you see, back then everything looked easy for, 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 for me personally. I think it's the mindset and how I, I frame and look at things, right? And one of my philosophies at the time was I tried to say everything in slow motion, right? So everything's moving fast, but I, mean, I want to see it in slow motion in my head, you know, and calculate things. And I think one of the key things that helped us was um, a lot of the guys we're not cont- we're not cantankerous and we 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 kind of encouraged each other and also we're very at the time some we tried to bring on board people's personalities. Some of the members were very Christian, very cliche, right? So we incorporated everybody's <laughs> right, right. So, so that enabled us work together. You see, right now. There's so many philosophies and stuff out there. But back in the day, we were okay to allow other people's philosophies to be an agenda within the team, right? So um, vertical leadership, making that transition, already we had a foundation of harmony. Harmony meaning that we had common understanding of what faith we all believed in. We all Christians in the office. We did morning devotion every morning, um, like... I, I was a Methodist, I, I'm a Methodist too, but I was a Methodist, so I brought on board Methodist team every morning, right? Instead of ad hoc, you know, spontaneous raising of songs. We have a book, the book has hymns in there, let's choose one and sing, right? We had a devotional light for our path, right? That, that was my contribution to that harmony. There are other people who, who believe in fasting, so every month who had fasting you know other people didn't really care so everybody's bit so in trying to put together this kind of team to achieve something big you need to really build your foundations well the harmony is so key and you need to know how to onboard everybody's bit you get it you need to know how to onboard everybody's bit so that was number one number two was how to measure so in our horizontal um, leadership framework we had metrics we had specific standards and measures that we put in place. So there was an Excel sheet with everybody's name on it, with specific metrics for the week, 
and we're scoring each other. And I'm like, we're scoring, hard scoring. And we need to, we used to pace wow. the result. Wow. We, 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 we projected the results on the wall. We didn't have a, it wasn't a projector, it was a computer. We bought some computers from my chassis, some old computer right. that um, we bought some computer monitors from my chassis. We connected it to a processor and then we were projecting the results like people's, everything, everything on the, everything was, was visible. But we knew that, okay, this week the redeem scored 10 on dressing, five on um, and punctuality. Wow. So we had all those things, and I and I still I still think I have those Excel sheets there. Um, <laughs> and 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 I like you said, these these were these were agreed among the four of you um, as yeah. as a way of checking each other, as a way of sort of building each other up and ensuring yeah. that you know um, there is a level of accountability amongst all four of you, because clearly. If some of these measures hadn't been put in place, there would have been a lot of very frictious or fri- there, would, there would be a lot of very um, there will be a lot of friction amongst the team members, which often happens and will probably have yeah. led to a breaking up of the team. Right, right, yeah, and and and, and you are right, and that's why measuring was so key, like. Everything was so transparent and everything was so visible. We knew everybody's strengths, right? And I think that because of the the Christian background as well, people accepted the concept of you know agreeing on some things. We're not we're not people who like to fight. We're not we didn't have that. We didn't like to condone or um, how do you call it? Um, nature friction. Rather, we, we spent time trying to do the things that would bond us together. And the reality is that we didn't, we didn't all agree on everything. There, there, are, like, there are some times that, you know, I, I didn't think that one of our team members could work with him based on my experience with that person in school. But at the end of the day, when we got to the dream of our agenda, it, it, it was like a God, it was, so, it was what it is. We, 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 we were bent on making that thing happen. And we knew what has to happen in terms of we knew that we needed a board of advisors or a board of directors. So we started bringing in people to come and advise us, created a board, had a board meeting at the time. Um, we, 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 and we, we did it together. So it's like a marriage where you and the, 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 the spouse started together, you know, and you guys understand each other, which is quite rare lately. Like you, 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 you don't have anything. You are like our first office. Our first office was, um, in one of Ashes's hardware computer lab at the time, where they were on vacation. So they gave us a space to use it whilst before they come to school. And when they, <laughs> they reopened, we had to get out of the place. Yeah. And we've got a place on <laughs> the We did it. Yeah. We got a place on the oh. junction. And then we went to rent it for $300 a month or 400, yeah, for two years, right? Which cost us quite some amount of money, almost $9,000 at the time. Right, and we had some benefactors wow. who sorted us out on those those rents. Right, wow. Uh, yes, but in fixing the offices, we had to go to the cinema market to buy our own wood. We got our own wood. Spoke to somebody who volunteered to come and give us free labor to knock the woods onto the wall to set up tables. You know, so we we, we picked up some chairs along the street. You know, back in the day, with people opening containers and they have several chairs in there. Some of those civil chairs, and we're proud. So. 
there was no Instagram to put pressure on anybody. There was no Facebook, like there was Facebook, but there was no Instagram. No, there's now new pressure cookies out there for the young folks of today where they don't want to start, you know, from the bottom up because it's like you see your mate and the person has risen to a certain level instantly. And psychologically, it's kind of tough for you to find yourself going through the process. And it's because social media has opened up the world to us and perceptions to us in unprecedented ways. Right, but we didn't have that kind of pressure. We, do you think, yeah. Do you think you guys would have survived, you know, with the kind of pressure that social media gives to young tech tech um, leaders of today? Do, do, do how, how when when you look back, do you think it would have been a little more difficult to have survived um, and this this journey that you guys have been on? I don't think so. I think we could have survived. The reason is the the squad. Our backgrounds were not, we came from very good homes. I think that was one of the key things. You know, um, everybody came from kind of very, were, were well-nurtured, well-trained, you know, coming from where they are coming from, um, from a perspective of wanting to make something out of themselves, who are not greedy, who are not, um, I don't know how to put it, like, they were, just, they were very spiritual. Like, the, the team was very spiritual. Um at the time, and me, I can adjust to any situation, right? But they were very spiritual. So I think that within a contest of time and this moment, I believe that the team will still be able to like the speed entrepreneurship journey as a team. If, yeah, right. you know, right. with, with, if there was Instagram, you know, because back in the day, there was high five. You know, yeah, I remember when, when Ashesi and then Skype dropped, and they were making noise. We were running on campus with computers and shouting. We Skyping, man, you know, like, so, so yeah, those, those were like new realities that were like that accentuated. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, stuff. But we, we, still, we still were able to forge within those confines and those you know new um, openings of our eyes to the internet and the web of things you know so th- those were those were some of the dynamics right and 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 the dream of our journey you know went on like that we had challenges so i've spoken about how we we built harmony and that enabled us to get to be able to hold the team together in spite the horizontal leadership we're taking records of people's performance every week, evolving to vertical leadership. Then we have to choose a few. It wasn't a straightforward thing because imagine four of you all together, and then now one wants to be a, one has to be a CEO. I know people went through their own mental, you know, recalibration to accept that they didn't should run the bit, but it's what it is. And then I became the CEO. Then at that point, had the, had that mandate to be able to stamp. Um, how like my stamina leadership on the on the pursuit and you know fast forward today um Drumval has done some crazily crazy stuff and very good stuff you know and i can bet you that some of the things that you know have been around in terms of all this tech tech stuff we've done them like if i look at the kind of stuff that we've done things that we've been you know, building even iWallet, which they thought became slight pay, um, setting the pace, like how to even working with a bank. People had were even doing that, but partnering and going on that joint thing was a first. There's so many things that we've done. We 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 um from helping cocoa farmers, we just start with cocoa farmers, um, and some of the things that we 
we did, later on became what other companies built their whole their whole operations on. So we had, we, we 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 were able to test a lot of models, right? Uh, I remember one of our projects was one of our first project um, project was um, a, a project called um, it was on health. Um, it was on health. It was supposed to be to, it was a system was a platform to help. Um, Mat, um, to help reduce maternal mortality, so it's called more more health or something like that. Yeah, more health. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we, we we worked on more health in the beginning, right? Um, and we we had to collaborate with different people across different countries, from India, USA, and our team. And that was our first time that we had to work across from Ghana. And that was that period of doing so as well, you know. So it was a whole new dynamic. So you have to navigate doing so. Right, where you have a call right. and they're like off in the earth, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine what it was like, you know, building what you guys were building at the time, um, especially things that, you know, were still more or less like a, a conception in people's minds, but then yeah. you guys were actually making it happen, you know, on, yeah. on the real. What, 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 what were your, your key highlights of, of the dream of our journey? Well, what were those right. moments that always come back to you and always, you know, fill you with pride that, you know, these were those monumental um, parts of the dream of our journey for, for, for Derry? Right. Right. I mean, I mean, several things, right? The, first of all, the opportunity to even lead it, it itself is the highlight of my life because, it's 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 it contributed to where I am today because I had a, leading it meant I was at the forefront of the battle of the war. I was I was at the forefront both as an infantry and then also as a commander trying to direct people and I sent a trying to fight and that means that you had everything the strategy everything so had a chance to make all those little little mistakes and be at the table on several occasions with different people at different levels in society. Right. And that for me has added. So that's for me is a first highlight. Um, and there are several of them. The other ones is kind of some of the platforms that we built that solved problems, like the pl- platform that we built more health. That is it more health. I'm, I'm hoping I'm getting the name right. Um, that um, enabled us um, help solve maternal mortality problems in some part of the northern region where at the time we're deploying SMS to um, let um, nurse mothers who are pregnant and nursing mothers know what they have to do at different stages of their pregnancy, right? Um, in collaboration with Grameen Foundation, Ghana Health Service at the time, and then some company in India, and then some other another institution in the, U- the United States, right? So that, that for me was our first hit, right? That was our first contract. I, I remember the amount of money that were invested in that, in that project. And then we had... There was another, another part where some very long years, some time ago, we also worked on some project with the Ghana Cocoa Board and the Hershey Company, a World Cocoa Foundation, where we, 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 we built a product called Cocoa Link, where we were helping um, cocoa farmers in their farming communities, right, to become more productive by providing them very val- um, valuable information and helpful information on, on, on how they are able to manage and run their cocoa farms and even to make that thing happen some of our team members had to travel all the way to um safety safety or something like that like far far places where at a time 
there was little connectivity and cellular network and we had to go and test whether people would receive some of the messages where we built um we built dashboards we built platforms where um cocoa board and other stakeholders could actually see farms you could actually we were able to model farms um create profiles for farmers know how many how do you call it the farm sizes in ghana we did that for about if i'm not mistaken for about 50,000 plus farmers, right? At the time, that was a long time ago, right? We, we did all these things. And these things were key, key high point for me because whatever we had learned in life, we're actually solving problems with it. We're solving real problems where whatever money that we're collecting from anywhere, we're, we're collecting those monies like for real because we're doing the job and they were being used and we're using to generate all kinds of making decisions and we're being paid for it. Right. And then there were the other dimensions of building a team, getting to over 60 plus people, paying salaries at the end of the month. You know, like you've actually now built an organization, you know, taking it outside Ghana, traveling around the world, pursuing the dream of our interest, trying to plan dream of in other countries, you know, trying to find clients. So these are things, and some of them were hits. Some of them, you go there and then you hit, like we hit in Zimbabwe. We, we, we have, we had that we have an operation there where we are running um slight pay in Zimbabwe, right? And we have other countries that we, we are working in. Um, as of now that I'm, I'm speaking, we've been part of very good project at the time that I was there, like the, the paperless um, port project. Uh, we, we 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 did something on it, we were part of the implementation of it at the at, at the time. Uh so so contributing at different levels both at the national level and then also working with private sector institutions to help with their uh, um, business process improvement using technology. These were things that yeah. for me were key highlight. And then <laughs> finally, I think that the other bit is the charity side and the, the foundation side, setting up the Dream World Foundation. That is trained more than 500,000 young people on how to code. And I'm not kidding. And we have some of the top collaborations with UNESCO, with SAP, you know, so these are things that we did whilst I was still at Dreamover. And those things make me very proud because they were real impact-driven things. I, I wanted to find out from you um, what sometimes it feels like, because clearly um, the business had a lot of, you know, projects it was working on simultaneously. Right. But yeah, how does it feel sometimes when, as the leader of the team, one product sort of shines above all the others. In this case, I'm, I'm speaking about SlidePay. You know, it seems uh, like SlidePay seems to be um, the child among the children that was was performing, you know, wonders everywhere it it went. You know, and right. from from I, I just want to find out from you what that feels like and how to manage that because you know you, you, in in your mind you are creating all these other solutions and you would want you know the community the public to be able to connect with them in as in the same way they are connecting with the best performing the best performing child and i can imagine that right. you know as as a team as well in your deliberations and your discussions dream over um dream overs vision and what brings in the bread and butter or on a daily basis will be slight pay. And sometimes some of the other 
ventures will suffer as a result of that. So how, how do you right. how do you work around a situation like that where one out of a lot of your products or services ends up becoming so big that it affects the growth and success of, of the others? Right. I think that if any product comes out as a main product for any organization, then that is really their innate love, right? That's like they've actually built the organization to be that way. Either they responded to a need and then it became the biggest thing. And if they stick to that, that means that that's what they really want to do, right? Um, so that's slightly, from, from where we're coming from, you also wanted to be able to get a product, something that will not depend on anybody but on the consumer. Because as a startup, that's where you want to get to. So that it doesn't matter. You're not, you don't have any, you, 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 you are at different levels of risk. You, you are, you be able to maintain some level of um, low risk at every level from political risk, because some things are there when the customers, when people love it, nobody can come and do anything about it unless maybe you go, you, you, you fall foul of the law, right? So slight pay in one breath was that product that was in time, right? Because we're having transaction gaps across. We couldn't do online trading, the money transfer, online buying purchases, e-commerce was not the thing. You know, we even PayPal us that now we, we there's some kind of flexibility now, but still a challenge. The credit card system at the time was not really the the, the, the debit cards, the card system wasn't as developed, mobile money wasn't as developed, right? And it was, that response was just timely. That was number one. Two is a product. It's a product that you want to be able to work with irrespective of the time. You want, you, you want your, your revenues to be dependent on, on, on skill, right? We had other solutions, right? But those solutions were one time. So you deploy a solution, you they pay some big bucks, right? But the skills of that takes a lot of time. With slide pay, if it is if you're able to evolve, go the platform exponentially, then you, you are you are you are you are you are guaranteed a certain amount of money, right? Because the more people you have on it, the more people are doing transactions, the more money that you make, right? So we didn't feel. I think that it brings me to the question of focus. Maybe sometimes as a business, you just have to for, for what like what, and I'm I'm trying to be very clinical about this answer for the kind of question you've asked me right slide pay was somebody's whole business right. operation you just do that right and mm. there's some value in that mm. that's all they do they do payment mm. you get it there's some value in that like there's some value in that and i think that that back in the day you know back in the day we didn't start at the time where entrepreneurship tech entrepreneurship was not a thing so because we have so many ideas we could execute them but now people are building niches or niches, right? So maybe if we're in 2020, if we're doing the same, we'll build a niche. We might just do the slide pay. And then the other things, maybe operate it differently from like build other entities to make them happen, like, right? So um, if, 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 if I'll answer your question right, I think that at some point, even at the organizational level, we wanted to enter into the product free are supposed to become a, a development house where people call us, they have a problem and we can build and solve the problem. We wanted to now have product 
and Slappy was one of the product. We had another product called Enterprise Nurse, right? We had another product called My Text Buddy. So My Text Buddy was our first product. Nurse was um, Slappy was more like, and the title was called iWallet was also like which is the second product for for want of a proper you know ranking. And the Nurse was that product that came when we were working with the enterprises more than the banks and other corporate more, right? They, we built Nest. So we had all these products that we're selling, right? But enterprise sales is not that straightforward. For enterprise, the bills are quite high uh, and it takes time for you to sell. So you could take you six months to sell a product for $100,000 or $600,000 or something like that. But SlidePay was a product that if you are wow, you can actually grow the sales. Like every day you can get, your transactions can grow either exponentially Right. So that transitioning from becoming a dev house where we listen to you and build something for you or having a product was was one of the key things that happened to Dream of Valve's evolution. And SlidePay was a standout because it was that product that is that required mass mass kind of adoption. So the approaches to marketing and the lives will be totally different. Right. But we had other product that were actually bringing us more money, right? Like Enterprise Nurse, you know, that, that was making us more, That's making interesting. Us more money. Yeah. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Such an insightful conversation with Gary, but... Why do I say the Apple event was a disappointment? Well, it's just because there really wasn't anything incredible on display. There was a lot of jargon, that's true. There was a lot of things that have been done with the new devices, that's true. But when you consider what the competition has to offer across board, you kind of are a bit disappointed. The most disappointing of them all, of course, is the Apple, Apple Watch Series 7. I think the only improvement is probably thinner bezels, but that's literally about it. Very, very disappointing. Really, really excited much more. There was, of course, the iPad mini, which I believe was the standout um, device that was outdoored. There's the iPad, of course. Then there's, you know, Apple TV Plus, which you know, it's still up in the air in terms of how really good it is when you consider the com- competition around the Netflix, the Disney Pluses of the world. And then, of course, there's the iPhone. There's the iPhone 13, iPhone 13 mini. There's the iPhone 13 Pro and iPhone Pro 13 Pro Max. Yes, for video graphics and people who use mobile, you know, mobile devices for creating, you know, visual content, it's it's incredible yes it will blow your mind as to what exactly the mobile phones can do but then for the average person there really wasn't much you know it it's it just feels like a refreshed iphone 12. but look if you're a high-end user if you use an iphone especially for a lot of really powerful video productions then yes it will blow your mind it's pretty incredible what these new devices announced especially the 13 pro max can actually do but on the average there really wasn't much to blow anybody's mind 
the only thing that actually blew my mind was the quality of the video work in terms of the presentation apart from that there really wasn't much yes if you want to do if you want to get a new device you can absolutely go ahead and get a brand new device but it really there was there just wasn't enough there it is interesting you know the improvements you're definitely going to get a better camera with the iphone 13 range you're definitely going to get better you know work done with the ipad range and the ipad mini like i said my favorite so far is the ipad mini because i think it is such a small device that packs packs a real big punch and as i've always said the ipad mini is going to replace at some point or should replace at some point the macbook pro or the macbook air sorry the macbook air but all in all it really wasn't the most exciting one but look it is you you are the user you find a proper use case for these devices and get using but this is where we don't get this done on the show i do hope you have enjoyed it Derry, thank you so much for sharing your nuggets of wisdom with us remember the show is brought to you by first national bank how can we help you but the show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow make sure you go out there and look for it subscribe to it enjoy it and share it with your friends as well but until next week stay techy